salutations and shit, motherfuckers. We're back for another episode. So today I'm going to just jump into my last trip. I just got back from my first, well, I don't know if I should really consider it my first. I have gone on a trip that wasn't solo. I generally go everywhere by myself. I've gone on one trip with my mom and before I really got into into traveling, I'd gone to Miami with um, my ex's sisters and that's a story for another time. But this past week, I want to say was the first time I actually did a trip with a friend and we went to Alberta, Canada. It was absolutely breathtaking. Like the pictures don't even look real. And to say all of that, the pictures don't even do what we actually saw any justice at all. So we started the trip by, well, I started the trip by flying in to Calgary Airport in Alberta from Seattle. Um, I'd done a layover for an extended couple of days, but that's even another conversation for another uh, day. But I met my friend in Calgary Airport on Tuesday morning. So we picked up our rental and we drove about an hour outside of the Calgary area to Canmore. And to start the trip, like you just get hit with all types of incredible scenery. So Alberta, Canada is on, I guess, the more Western end of Canada because I'm in New York. So the closest thing to me over here is like Toronto. So this is on the other side. So there's different terrains in different areas in Canada, but where we were in Alberta is full of mountains, glaciers, um, shit ton of pine trees, and a whole bunch of other just incredible natural stuff. And I may be a city girl, and I love the convenience of a 24-hour store, gas stations everywhere, but there is nothing that makes me happier than just being outside in clean air. So... What was really enjoyable about the drive, besides just looking at everything, is that there are tons of like little places where you can pull over just to appreciate the scenery, take pictures, and even use the bathroom. I don't do public restrooms very well at all. Like it's a visceral reaction, like gag the whole way through. I don't breathe for a large portion of it. It's, I, it, they are disgusting. But I will say that these little rest, they're not even actual rest stops, fam. They're like porta potties, but like in an actual structure. These shits in Canada are actually nicer than a lot of restaurant bathrooms, club bathrooms, establishment bathrooms that I've been to in life, period. So I got to say that was a pleasant surprise. They're still porta potties. So it's still disgusting. However, they're in a lot better condition than a lot of places I've been. But the pullover spots are incredible. So you drive down the highway and it basically it's only like two highways. I think it's one and 93 or some shit like that. But you pull over, enjoy the views and you can use the bathroom. And what sucks though, is that a lot of these highways as this comment right here is going to set the tone for a little bit uh, conversation later, there's no service. There's no cell service, but, um, when you first get there, you're not really concerned with that. Cause you're, well, for me, at least you're just caught up and consumed in just the views. Right. 
So we did a lot of pullover spots. And then on our first full day, we ended up going to Banff National Park. We bought a pass that was going to last us for roughly a week from like Tuesday to Sunday so that we'd have access to all the parks in Alberta and we wouldn't have to, you know, purchase the passes daily. So we did that one day and we ended up going to Johnston's Canyon. That was the only day we actually did a really long hike. Uh, I looked at the app on my phone. At the end of the day, we did nine and a half fucking miles. Nine and a half miles of walking. So we walk into Johnston's Canyon. We hit the trail. It's great. There's little, you know, waterfalls and shit, blah, blah, blah. But then, and then also in Canada, they use, I want to say it's metric system. What is our system called? I don't know. But we do miles, inches, feet, gallons, and all that jazz out there. They're liters, um, meters, kilometers, um, all of that good shit. So the first confusing thing was um, trying to figure out how fast I could actually go on the highway because they're giving you the um the speed limit in kilometers and thankfully though you pay enough attention and you realize that your odometer um, i mean your speedometer actually gives you both so figure that out quick um i know somebody out there that got a ticket for going like two miles over the speed limit so mental note fam um additionally we ended up trying to convert meters into miles to find out how much further we would go on a hike to actually reach certain spots on the trail. So you only have service in certain areas. So sometimes we just went went on faith because I don't do numbers anyway. So that trying to figure out what the distance was didn't actually work. But um did a lot of hiking that one day. We visited ink pots which are incredible. Like I feel like those pictures were the ones that people felt like were the the standout ones that actually looked photoshopped. But the next day we did, uh, we actually ended up in British Columbia. We crossed the Continental Divide, which I didn't know until a few days later. We ended up going to um, Yoho National Park. We did like Emerald Lake. We did Takakao Falls. The drive there was insane that I did all the morning driving I'm a morning person I don't like driving at night so I was the person that I'll wake up where are we going figure it out I'm gonna get behind the wheel and I'll take it from there um that drive though in Yoho was the best for me easiest it was also the most dangerous route I think I've ever driven I've never hit so many like 90 degree right turns. There's a lot of snaking in the road. And there's this one really interesting spot where it's like a blind curve up a hill with like this wicked drop on the side, like right there on the same side that you're going up. You can't see what the traffic is doing that's coming down because there's only two lanes. You're going up and you're coming out. That's it. So that drive was the most beautiful. It was also the most challenging and I enjoyed it the most. And we saw Tekakao Falls, Emerald Lake. It was a really incredible experience. I mean, the views were insane. There was a little hiking there, but not, you know, not nothing too crazy. It actually started raining that day. So we had to get a lot of it, you know, done in the rain, which thankfully it wasn't a, a serious rain. It was a little bullshit drizzle, you know. Um, you got a rain jacket or you just throw your hood on and you're, you're good to go. We also did... Uh, Bow Lake 
Uh, it's also like Bow Canyon, and inside there is um, what's it called? It's I think Lake Moraine. I don't know. It's like all the lakes just fucking run together. They all are incredible. They're all blue because of some rock salt something. I don't know. Google it, but some type of mineral deposit makes the water like an insane bright blue color and it's so beautiful and if you take your photos at the right angle it'll definitely translate into the photos but we ended up doing um a lot of pulling over while we went to our destinations since we had the rental we did a lot of the sightseeing on our own we didn't end up um you know booking tours except for one day and that was because we knew that some of the lakes had really limited parking so we booked a tour that had um, destinations to those locations that we felt like we would probably not be able to access the easiest. Um, so we also tried to see the Northern Lights. So for me, that was the easy sell. I knew that going up to Alberta would give me the opportunity to see them. However, they'd been having forest fires as of late, which has been, you know, complicating, um, night sky vision, if you will, but I knew that Jasper had one of the largest dark sky reserves because internet. And so I decided that that would be the perfect day for us to try to, you know, visit that location so that we could see the Northern Lights. And that was a fucking fail. So we drive like four fucking hours as the altitude's changing. Now it's colder. It's fucking snowing. You can see less. The weather altogether is just a lot trashier, but there's still shit to do in Jasper. So we continue driving. So mind you, like I said earlier, there's limited, very limited cell service on certain of the, um, highways. So for this four hour drive, there's like no service for like three of the hours. So all of that is just mental note, peg that, put a pin in that, because that's going to set the stage for what I actually learned about myself on this trip. So there's no cell phone service. Um, and with all the bad weather, we stopped at like a town, maybe 50 kilometers from Jasper and was like, trash it. We're not going to bother going all the way to Jasper because then what is the point in going there if we can't see anything? So we turned around. And um, we came back and just went into town and, you know, picked up some food. Um, so the one day that we did book a tour, though, we ended up booking with this really dope small company called Beyond Banff. And our tour guide was actually the owner. His name is Robbie. He's actually a guy not too much younger than me. He's about 28, 27 or so. And it's just him and his dad that owned the company. And he was mad laid back. Initially, it was a little too laid back for me. But it turned out to work out perfectly. So um, we ended up booking with this. Uh, the one day that we did book a tour, we ended up booking with uh, this company called Beyond Banff. And the tour, um, well, actually the proprietor, if you will, uh, Robbie, ended up being our guide. So he was mad cool super chill and laid back and he and his father own the company and he's the one that actually um was our tour guide so he did all the driving picked us up from our hotel and um which actually wasn't a ho it, it was in a hotel if you will but there are private units and we actually booked an airbnb um in one of the private units so um anyway the tour was incredible 
Uh, his general disposition and overall friendliness made it agreeable for us because I've gone on tours where the person giving the tour was so-so, eh, you know what I mean? Or where you can't really understand their accent so it makes it a little less enjoyable or there are so many people on the tour that you don't really get to, you know, ask as many questions or their personality just isn't a good match for yours. But we lucked out. This was a really small tour, which I prefer booking because when there are fewer people on your tour, you get a more personal experience. You can ask all the questions you want. You can ask the guy to take the pictures for you. And they, you know, generally format it as more of a conversation versus more uh, of a lesson when you've got, you know, 50 people on a coach bus, you know? So thank you to Robbie um, for taking us on the tour. We ended up seeing Lake Louise, which was a bust. It's so beautiful, but we didn't get to see anything because the weather was pretty trash. It had snowed the day before and there was still like a lot of fog and um, shit in the area. So we didn't see anything at Lake Louise. Um, it was nice to still, you know, say you were there, but there was nothing but fog. Uh, we then went to see, I want to say Moraine Lake, which was really beautiful. Um, we saw Emerald Lake. Actually, I think Moraine Lake is in British No, it is Emerald Lake. I don't know. All this shit, again, it, it just is starting to run together. But we did Moraine Lake. We did Lake Louise. We did Bow Canyon. Now, mind you, we had done Bow Canyon before. And what was really cool about doing it a second time with an actual guide is it gives you space or it opens up space for you to enjoy the same thing from a different perspective. So it becomes something different every time. Like every morning I jumped in the car, it was a different route because the weather was different. So your visibility is different. So you're looking at the same stretch through in total, like entirely different eyes. And it was new to me anyway. It's not like it's my neighborhood where I'm looking at the same neighbors sitting outside of the same stores or, you know, the same yards every time I take the same route to work or to, to the barbershop, because I have a shortcut, to the barbershop or um, whatever, to the grocery store, which I only go to maybe four times out of the year. Um, it was a really enjoyable experience to do it with the tour guide because they always know a back way into things that you're not going to know yourself as an outsider. So he was able to bring us around in different ways so that we experienced the lake totally differently. Additionally, he knew what the fuck we were looking at. I didn't know I was looking at glaciers. So the first time when we had better visibility, I didn't know how to differentiate the two. But which sucked is that the weather wasn't as nice when we went with Robbie. So he's pointing out where the glaciers were, but you know, I couldn't really tell. He knows what to look for along the drive. So he's able to point out, oh shit, there's a fucking avalanche. He knew that this was like, you know, a, a area prone to avalanche. So it was, you know, really easy for him to point it out. And for us, it was really cool. Like how many people get to say they've seen a fucking avalanche, right? Um, what was also kind of, I don't want to say eye-opening, but it was a gentle, no, nah, fuck that. It wasn't gentle because we paid for the tour. It was a very medium-sized uh, reminder for you to leave space for things to go wrong. So Louise Lake did not pan out for the way we expected to, but it could have easily set the tone for a bad day. I tend to be a positive person, just trying to make the best out of whatever situation I have, but... 
Lake Louise really could have fucked up the rest of the day because we didn't see anything. So we went all the way out there for shit. But if you just keep yourself open to the idea that everything may not go according to plan, it can, you know, help things go a little I don't want to say more according to plan, but it can make things go easier when they don't go according to plan because that really could have gone left. Mind you, there was only uh, two other people on the tour with us. So it was me and my friend, Christine. Shout out to Chris. It was um, me and my friend, Christine. It was actually um, a tour, well, a trip that she planned, but I'll get into that in a second. Um, since there were only two other people on the tour bringing in at like a whopping four people, we were, you know, able to take our time in more places. We could do things a little bit quicker if we don't like we'd, since we'd already done um, the bow area. He didn't, you know, drag it, see it, explain it and move on. Also, there was like, a, um, what do you call it? A like a. I don't want to say a ranch house, but let's call it a ranch house because it's not a fucking ranch. But there's like a a point of interest, if you will, that he knew to check out that we definitely didn't bother to do when we were there. So in certain cases, spending the money to have somebody do it for you actually pays off. And then in other situations, like going to see all the other shit that we went to see, because we were there for like six days, five days, six nights or so. So there's no way we're going to spend a hundred and something dollars for all of those different, um, all of the different days on a tour. And a lot of it you can just do for yourself. So we ended up also going to Pedo Lake on that trip. That shit was wild. It was fucking scary because it snowed the day before, like I said, and everything in this area in particular was covered in slush. So it was like at that stage right before it's ice, but not really. It's not snow. It's not ice. It's just that nasty shit between that you easily bust your shit on. So we're going up an incline. Of, it's like a bridge initially. So you go up this incline to get to the lookout point. And so he was like, matter of fact, hop over. So we hopped over the gate and we went like around some, I never would have done it before. And then all of a sudden, like you come clear out some fucking trees and you're like on the side of some wild cliff, which is actually on an incline down to like over the fucking cliff. And it's this huge ass lake and mountains and glaciers and shit to be seen and enjoyed. But you're realizing that if you fuck up, you're going to slip and fall off the mountain. So yeah, that shit was kind of scary. No, it wasn't kind of scary. It was very scary. And then you really want to get a good picture. Because you risked your shit to get up there. So it's like, I ain't going to be up here and not have nothing to show for it, right? So then you take pictures. Then you got them crazy people, usually the white people, that be at the end of the fucking cliff that stand on the rock that's the furthest out. And a lot of times that rock that's the furthest out isn't really that big a deal. Because underneath there's like a whole nother layer of uh, terrain so that if you were to fall, you're not going to die or nothing crazy like that. But I don't know what the fuck is out there. All I know is that it's on a downward incline and it's covered in like slush and mud and shit. So this random dude in like sneakers, not even in like boots or nothing, is standing at some rock. And I don't want to see this motherfucker die. I don't want to see him fall. So like I'm just stressed watching this motherfucker stand there, take pictures of shit. And then you got, uh, you know, people up on the, the safe space on the uh, the viewing deck. But anyway, so we're out there, we're having a good time. And what was cool about, again, it being a small tour is that you can get into little places like that 
and also you can take your time. So we just stood there, waited for the fog and the the clouds to roll out, and then we had an incredible view of the lake and like the area surrounding it that we couldn't initially see when we got there. Um, so I can't, I, Canada, owe, Canada does not owe me shit. Actually, it might owe me some Northern Lights, but I can go someplace else to see that. It's not like it's the only place I got, I can go to see it, but I'm not going to say that, uh, I wasn't high key disappointed, not even low key. I was high key disappointed that I didn't get to see the Northern Lights, but that's just a reason to go to another trip, right? Or another country. Um, so we ended up doing this. Well, for me, I was essentially like a tag along. My homegirl already had the trip booked, but she doesn't like traveling alone. So when the friend of hers that was supposed to go kind of backed out on her, she kind of threw in the air like, hey, it would be nice if someone would come with me. And you really don't got to sell me on a trip. As long as I'm off, I'm down. And I actually happened to be off. So Chris had booked an Airbnb in Canmore. And she said that, now mind you, Canmore is like 20 minutes, 30 minutes tops outside of Banff. And Banff is a really cute but fucking expensive town. And it's, again, it's as beautiful as Canmore. It's surrounded by mountains and all this incredible scenery, but it's wild expensive. So we stayed a little bit outside of Banff in Canmore, and our Airbnb was in a hotel. So there are rooms for the hotel, but then you have private units that are owned by private individuals, and they rent it out on Airbnb. So she said she spent like eight and change. It was like eight fifty, almost nine hundred dollars, and that was for Tuesday through Sunday. Um, so if you ask the tour guide, he said, "Oh wow, that's a really good price." They like me ain't gonna pay that much for nothing. I would have just tried to go different places, but neither here nor there. Um, she booked the Airbnb. I booked the rental. I booked with oh here's a pro tip. I always book with Alamo because they don't hold money. Fuck with the kid. Like, I'm not, you're not doing that $300 deductible to give it back. My G, I'm on vacation. I want $300 to blow on shit. You ain't gonna give it back to me when I'm at, I'm on my way home. That ain't doing me no good. I want it now. So, fucks with Alamo. Or if you find another rental agency that doesn't hold that money on your card, I will always book with Alamo for that. I've always had good surf. I will knock wood. I haven't had any issues with them going, you know, so far. And I've booked, I want to say maybe like three vehicles or so, so far. So that not holding money, big deal for me. Um, so we booked our rental. Um, I did it with my Amex so that I didn't have to pay for the additional insurance today because I'm 90% sure that my card will do additional line of um, insurance. And I think also your regular driver's insurance does cover some area of it, but I ain't got no degree in car insurance. So look the shit up if you really want to get froggy. Um, I ended up getting like a small Jeep because why would I rent the same shit that I drive at home? You know, it was fun. I had fancy motherfucker shit. I had pushed to start. I had a rear view camera. Those aren't things that I have in my normal everyday life. So I did quite enjoy that. Um, so the Airbnb, like I said, was outside of Banff, but it did have a small downtown area. We went there to eat a couple times. We had, um, really, well, me personally, all I need is beer and some wings and I'm scraped. So 
we went to this place, Grizzly Paul, Grizzly something. The food there was so good. The menu is really well put together. They have really great shit on tap. So I would definitely say when you're staying someplace, check out like the local establishments that they have because a lot of those places will have like the best shit to offer. Um, oh, like I mentioned before, I'm the hippy dippy friend that's into crystals and shit. Mad crystals in Alberta. There was um, like the main strip in Banff. There's like nine different crystal shops. Like you just keep walking up and you just keep finding them. You keep finding them. But there was a really nice one in Canmore where I really liked uh, the woman's energy in that shop. Um, that was like earth spirit, some shit. I don't know. But there's crystals everywhere, everywhere out there. And um, they weren't terribly priced. I feel like the um, best priced ones were someplace along the uh, Moraine Lake or Bow Canyon route that we ended up stopping at when we went to, um, when we took our tour with Robbie from Beyond Bam. Um, but I ended up getting there um, via Seattle. What I did was as opposed to, because when she initially told me about the trip, the round trip flights directly into Calgary were like, $300 or like three and change, but I waited like another two, three months to book. So the trip, you know, the cost for a round trip had gone up to like over four or $500. And all the stuff that I was okay with paying was including a, you know, a layover in Seattle. Now, mind you, I don't like wasting days off. So I ended up just doing an extended, um, an extended layover in Seattle. So I flew from JFK to Seattle and I did that on JetBlue Miles. So I ended up, well, one thing I will suggest though, is if you're going to go someplace that's going to take you a while to get there, if you end up, if you're fucking with a layover anyway, extend your layover. You can do a straight one-way flight to the layover stop and then, you know, book another flight from there. Or some airlines will let you just book an extended, like book a gap in your layover. Like if you fly in on Tuesday... They may, you can see if you can, you know, connect or uh, delay your secondary departing flight until another, like, two days or so. I did that when I was going to, um, where was I? I think it was, was it Thailand? I don't know. I ended up having a layover in Doha, and I did it for two days through Qatar Airways. But, yeah, so when you're looking to go someplace that's going to take you over five hours a lot of times you'll end up with a fucking layover you could end up with a layover going to dc honestly i don't know why the fuck that's a thing but look into extending your layover i've seen so much extra shit because of that um so i ended up flying to meet her on the tuesday from seattle um and I would definitely suggest extending your stay with layover flights because it's basically the same price. Um, so when we got to the airport, we did a real easy transition to the rental station. We picked up the car and it was a relatively smooth transaction. So I have no complaints for that. My only complaint comes from what I fucking learned from this goddamn trip. Um, no the travel style of the people that you're going to be, be vacationing with. Me, I'm very laid back. I'm very, unless I'm hungry. When I'm hungry, and my friend knows this, when I'm hungry, I have an attitude. I'm cranky. I'm your stereotypical hangry, right? But I didn't know, although 
Chris is my friend, that she has a thing for when you're on the phone when you're with her. So she feels as if you're being rude if you guys are spending time together and now you're on the phone. Me, I don't see it that way. I'm very able to entertain myself. So mind you, this occurred on our trip to Jasper, which is like three and a half hours, four hours the fuck away. Bro, we had been in the car for eight hours together. Six of those hours were without fucking cell service. So by the time I get service and I'm ready to go about my business for the fucking day, she, you know, I ended up, so by the time, how can I, how can I loop this back? So, so we had been in the car for a total of like eight hours, six of those hours, no fucking service. By the time we get service and I speak to um, the guy that I'm dating right now, so now I'm in a better mood because I'm speaking to Shorty. And in my head, where we had agreed on going into town by the hotel that we're staying at and getting something to eat, grab some drinks, um, grab some food, call it a night. We've been in the car for fucking eight hours. And this ultimately was for nothing. We had maybe two pullovers where there was something nice for us to see, get some good pictures and shit. Other than that, there was a fucking bus. All I'd eaten was fucking French fries and they weren't even that great. French fries. So now I'm, it's like hour seven. We barely spoke on the drive home. When we finally get service, now I'm on the phone. So we end up going to a different town than she had initially, you know, said that she was going to stop in and she wants to walk around. Mind you, we'd already been to this town. So we walking around, I'm over it, but I'm trying to be, you know, the accommodating friend because I'm thinking this is what the fuck she wants to do. I'm on the phone anyway. So you want to walk around? Fuck it. I'll walk around behind you on the goddamn phone. So we walk around now. She got a little attitude. So, you know, we ended up getting into it and it was just, uh, it was, I don't want to say wasted time because I was on the phone and I'm not very um, passive aggressive. So when we got back to the room, she ended up wanting to spend time by herself or whatever. She took the car, went to go get some shit. I don't know, came back. And so I said, so now you want to talk about it now or you want to wait till after you take a shower? And all of a sudden she's like, oh no, I'm fine. No, you're not. Because if you were fine, you'd have no problem just talking about it. You wouldn't want to just dismiss me asking if you're okay. And so that caused a little more tension. So I finally you know, at the end of the day, got some of my shit together and I'm off the phone. And now I'm like, all right, so we're going to talk about it. So we finally talk about it. That's when she talks about how, you know, the phone, blah, 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 rude, rude, rude. I don't like people that bite their fucking nails. And she always bites her fucking nails. If I can deal with you biting your fucking nails, deal with me being on the phone. So I say all that to say the long and the short is know the travel style and the relationship of the person that you're going to fucking travel with. It can save y'all motherfuckers a lot of tension and a lot of headache. Try to get all of that shit out the way. And me, I travel by myself all the time, so I don't have these issues. I do what I want, when I want, how I want, and at what cost I want to do it. But when you travel with somebody, you got to deal with other people's feelings and you got to be compassionate, blah, 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 right? So also, that whole little uh, piece of tangent and uh, tension that we encountered really had me wondering whether or not I could deal with a vacation because I love traveling so much. I figured when I get into a relationship, then I'm going to expect my partner to have those same um, 
qualities in them, if you will. So if I like to travel, I'm assuming the person that I'm going to partner with is going to enjoy traveling as well. So then that kind of made me real wonder like, well, damn, if she and I is ready to fucking kill each other by the third day, what's the difference between traveling with a friend and then traveling with a partner? I mean, besides the sex thing, you know, you, your partner is ultimately a good friend of yours. So I guess I'll have to do another episode when I do a vacation. So stay tuned for that. Another thing that I think could keep motherfuckers from getting under each other's skin is the amount of the close proximity. We shared a room, so there was no getting away from each other. When she got over my shit or I was over her shit, that was just it. We just ended up still having to be together. We had the one rental, we had the one room, and we basically had the one itinerary. So for me, that much time around somebody is going to, it gets under my skin. I need my own space. So consider just booking your own rooms if you a bad bitch like that and you got the extra coin, but I'm not, especially not in that motherfucker. It was expensive as hell just for, you know, the one room. I'm not going to spend that again so that I can have, you know, a couple of hours to myself every day. That wasn't really that necessary. But I will say that us talking when we did realize there was a problem really made for the rest of the trip to be able to go smoothly because keep in mind that was like at the midpoint we still had to get back home like no not even get back home we still had like three more days and then to get back home so I would definitely suggest that if you get into it with somebody nip that shit in the butt you have a problem discuss it because the last thing I'm doing is paying for an earlier flight or paying for an additional room because niggas can't see eye to eye we not doing that Money ain't uh, to just be thrown around on things that I can't, you know, enjoy or tangible items. If it ain't something I can put in my pocket or an experience I can hold on to, there's no reason for me to spend that money. Unless, of course, it came down to, like, safety now that I'm thinking about it. If we was really about to lay hands, then that's a different story. We might have to consider booking blooms. But that ain't happened. And also, you know, know the person's pet peeves so that if you can avoid doing something you know is going to set them off and you can put them on to listen shorty you doing this a little too much kind of reel it in y'all could try to avoid um bumping heads but overall I had the most incredible trip I I really can't say that Canada owes me a damn thing all right so I'm gonna close out with a quote for you Never go on trips with anyone you do not love. According to the internet, that's Ernest Hemingway. And I gotta say that I definitely agree with that, especially if it's going to be a long trip or learn to love the ones you're traveling with. All right, so this is D. Carrie coming from the Beats on Film Network. Check me at the next episode, guys. Bye.